Hello and welcome everyone to one more episode of Tactical Periodization Moments. I'm sorry, Felipe, I didn't tell you we have a name for this. It's called Tactical Periodization Moments. Um, it's a simple podcast. It will last for around 30 minutes. And on each episode, we invite a coach and talk with him or her about his life, his experience, uh, maybe a couple of advices that he or she has for us. And it can be a current student of ours, of our professional master, a former student, or um, any coach that we feel that fits this program. So uh, today, uh, there's a special guest with us. Uh, we are very pleased to announce uh, Philippe Castillo from Santiago, Chile. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy that you have accepted this invitation. I'm looking forward to, to, to starting this, this interview and it's always a pleasure uh, talking to you. And thank you and welcome. Hi, Felipe. Hi, everyone. Thank you for the invite. It's a real honor to me be here with you. And I hope I can help you in anything you, you want. So thank you again. Okay. Well, uh, maybe there are so many questions. Uh, you, 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 you live on the other side of the world. Uh, we have 30 minutes. Uh, no, no, no hurry, but we'll keep, we'll keep the time under control a little bit. So uh, maybe we'll start by, if you, if you can tell us about your path as a coach and also your travel throughout your country uh, in, a, in a young age to go and study at Santiago because you weren't born at Santiago. You had to make a big travel around your country. And can you please tell us a little bit about that and how you went into football and how you chose your, your path? Please. Sure, sure Felipe. Uh, well, Chile is a footballized country like all Latin America, maybe. So in football, I've been insert all my life in the beginning as a child maybe as a player and older and older because i'm not really good in the sport maybe i i try to be good in coaching but i study a physical education teacher in punta arenas is the southest city in the world is really close to antarctica so after that i I decided to move to Santiago, to the capital of Chile, and, and try to go deeper in the studies in football. And in that, um, in that idea, I entered to INAF, El Instituto Nacional del Fútbol Chileno, to make my studies as coach. And that maybe eight years ago. So after that, I've been working in football in different kind of specialists of football, like football, futsal, Paralympic football, and, and also some academic issues or academic uh, state of football too. Well, that, it was a, it was a big, a big uh, travel for you. Uh, did you feel any differences uh, between your life in the south near Antarctica and in Santiago, how was it? 
it is not Antarctica as, as the same place. It's really close. Um, yes, it's really difficult. It's really different um, because Punta Arenas is so uh, far away that any big information or any big uh, capacitation or any big um, sport um, activity is never uh, possible to live in there. So if you want to make bigger your knowledge or bigger your experience, you must travel to other cities. Uh, so when I came to Santiago, it was really difficult to me because I didn't know anyone here. I didn't have any kind of contact or any kind of uh, relation but some kind of family. So the first years was quite difficult, but after some time I, I can, I could um, make a, a life here, make some experience, uh, go deeper in, in studies and, and go, and it, it, it go really well, I think. Okay, uh, speaking about uh, your studies, um, how did tactical periodization come in, into your life? Mm, enough. Um, in the last part of the football career, the institute uh, teach tactical periodization. Um, obviously, many years ago, uh, the deeper in the methodology was not really really good but the the principal idea was all, always there um, the books we read was first uh, first book of tamarit and with that book and that experience um, we learn about tactical appreciation uh, after my study there when i start to work as teacher in the in the institute I start to learn more about that, uh, reading another uh, writers like Tobar and George Reyes, in, and I was uh, quite better in the understanding of the mythology. And after that, I came to the master. So in that moment, uh, 2021, I really understand the, the idea because after that, so before that, my ideas were was close, but not not really what Professor Friday want to express. Okay, um, I don't know if uh, everyone who is listening knows about this, but uh, we at Tactical Periodization have a big sympathy and. Uh, also a, a, an alliance or a partnership with, with ENAF, the institute that Philip is talking about. We are very proud of that. We cooperate in some things and we hope to continue to do so for, for many years to come. And um, how, how is tactical periodization accepted by uh, your students there in ENAF? Good question. I think in the beginning it's a real crash to them because they must change so many things that we 
supposed like like laws in in the traditional studies tactical periodization changed everything so in the beginning they must like reform their brains to these new ideas this new kind of feel and think about the thing about the the knowledge and maybe the first week or second week is a little harder but after that when they start to understand why these ideas are put in that way or why a professor think in this kind of a, a form is quite a, simple to go deep and deep in every single session to some kind of understanding not so deep because we study like three or four months but enough to understand what what is the real idea of tactical periodization yes uh, well of course uh, the best starting point is uh, talking about it having someone trying to pass on the knowledge and after that moment where, where the knowledge is is passed on to to the classes to, to the students um do you feel like uh, there is a, a direct impact of in, in their lives as coaches i mean do they apply or do you feel like they apply a tactical position in their clubs, in their teams? How, how do you see the, the practical part of that uh, studies? I know many, many coaches that use it, use it in their different uh, contexts, professional football, amateur football, uh, school of, of football, formative and whatever. I think it depends. So, um, some students, and maybe they prefer another kind of methodology like Professor Seirulo uh, methodology and others uh, like the ideas of tactical prioritization. But the, the, the student that like it and use it, I think they really try to express as good as, as they can in their context. Uh, I repeat, the, we teach them like three or four months. So it's not really, really deep, the methodology, but uh, give them the tools to start in this process. And maybe if they want to make better work or make better uh, experience, they can continue these studies maybe in our partnership with the Diplomado or maybe in the future or in the master with you. Yes, uh, well, uh, speaking of, of that, uh, it was a, a really good uh, surprise to see that our first big event uh, was so successful. We had a, a maximum of uh, 50 participants in this Diplomado and it, it, is, uh, it was sold out and uh, it was, it was a, a really good surprise. And I think the feedback is really good. Well, um, I believe you have some connections to, to futsal, as you said, and also um, uh, football for handicap. 
have you have have you had the chance to to apply tactical precision in futsal? How, how did how did it go? You know, uh, Professor Vitor Fradoli says that it was developed for football, of course, because he he had a whole life uh, dedicated to football, and he uh, created and developed it and and and. Uh, uh, applied it in, in football, of course, in his life. But he always says that if it's a collective sport, it, it can be adapted to it. So do you think, um, have you had the chance to try it in football? Yes. The other footballs you teach? Totally. Um, I think the same as you say, uh, you say is use it, you, you can use it in every single um, sport team. And I've been using it in football, futsal, and Paralympic football from many times. And I think the big difference is just uh, the spaces, but the logic is the same. So if you have the, the principles clear, the ideas clear, you can express in different kinds of contexts. Maybe in another sport too, basketball, handball, water polo, whatever, because the idea, the logic is, is, um, me quedé pegado, Felipe. Esa la podemos repetir. Yes, I, I can help you with a word or two. Um, the idea is solida, solid, maybe. Uh, solid. Yeah, solid. So the idea is solid, and the, it has really and deep uh, scientific proof. So you can study, analyze it, make a reflection, and use it in different kind of um, sports. It's not a real, uh, real difficult. It's just a process to of reflection of every single coach. Yes, I think so too. Um, uh, how, how is football in Chile in, in, in general? Um, I'd like to talk to you also about um, the, the kids. How, how are the kids in Chile? How, how they play? Are they still playing in, in the streets of Santiago or not? But how is football in Chile in general? Well, football is clearly the most popular sport in Chile and in all Latin America. So most of childs of kids are involved in this sport. And they can play it first um, the most time in schools and in, in the school and the formative football schools. Not so many in the streets because with the civilization go bigger and bigger, the spaces to play safety in the streets is every single day uh, smaller or fewer. So when I was a kid, uh, when I was a child, I can play like every, every day in the streets, but in this moment it's not that easy. And the parents don't want to expose their kids to the dangers. So the spaces to play football are the school or the football schools. In that, in that scenario, I think 
uh, we must try to make better schools to give them the experience, uh, give them good experience, not um, not experience uh, soft because they don't have so many time to to play it, not like before. Well, I believe that when you were a kid, you weren't playing with your bare feet, uh, like 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 the Brazilian kids, for instance, because you lived so close to Antarctica, it, it wouldn't be possible to play without without shoes. I'm just guessing. It's not that close to, of Antarctica. It's the most. Uh, it's the city closer to Antarctica, not not the not that close. But obviously, in, in Punta Arenas, uh, the city has a real low temperatures, so many wind, so we play in close spaces like gymnasiums, gyms, and most of the time. You can play football too, but in some kind of uh, stations of the year, it's really difficult because the wind over 100 kilometers of wind and that that is really easy right right here in Santiago because the temperatures are always allowed you to play in in every every time of the year so in that in that idea Santiago is really is more effective to to play football okay well, I, I heard a, a story that I like very much about the, the desert of Atacama. Uh, uh, I, I believe that a kind of rose uh, grows there and it lasts only for one day. And they are, they are famous because they're called roses of Atacama Desert. They only last for one day. And I really hope that uh, the kids playing on the streets in Chile uh, lasts a little bit longer because... It's uh, that that kind of experiences um, can last for a, for a lifetime. It, it can be uh, very enriching for a complete career in in, in a, as a football player. Do you do you believe that uh, it could be a perfect start for kids to play on the streets and learn about the game on their own without the intervention of adults? The intervention in in the in the way that they make a lot of rules, they conditionate a lot of the, the, the game. Do you think that's, that's a good way? Of course, of course, I think is the, is the biggest idea because if you, if you want smart players, if you want creative players, we must give them the opportunity to express that, that by themselves. So in that ages, the little ages, and the coach as that name maybe is not necessary. We they don't they they just need some kind of guide, some kind of um, person who give them the opportunity to express different ideas. And maybe the street is a good place to to know that or to learn all that things because they have to organize themselves they have to do whatever they want maybe two rocks or maybe some space to make uh, the field 
and that make them the opportunity to to be smarter, to be creative, set and whatever. If the coaches try to put many rules, many conditions, many uh, limitations to the activity, that uh, that idea is clearly not as stronger. So I think uh, if the the kids don't have the street, the coaches need to try to simulate that in our trainings. Maybe give them the opportunity to auto-organize and replicate what we live in the street many years before. Yes, I, I really like uh, the way you put that and I really believe that's the way, uh, at least the way to continue something, not to kill it. Um, how, how is this new generation of coaches uh, in Chile? Do, do you believe they have a good future ahead? Good, good question. I think, I hope they got, they have a good future. I think the culture of Chile don't give enough credit to our, our coaches because the big directors of football they are not really um, as um, knowledge of the what we do in enough, and maybe they prefer um, foreigners coaches so many times, and you see professional teams with a lot of foreigners uh, coaches and not as Chileans as we want, and we hope we can change that with with this kind of partnership like with you, like uh, another institute who can prove that we are doing a good job. And we know our students uh, go out of the institute really capable to make their job really good in different contexts, in different kind of uh, professional teams or formative teams. And they they just need the opportunity. So hope we hope um, the directives of football give them that opportunity and trust in Chilean people because they really can do a, a good job. And I'm really sure about that. Okay. And what about the players? Uh, uh, for instance, uh, um, in in Brazil. Uh, they have this uh, tradition of cheering for the players that uh, dribble a lot and they cheer very much for a player that dribbles a lot. But if you go to Argentina, they cheer a lot for that player that has uh, that shows a lot of heart, that delivers himself uh, to the game, that is a little bit, uh, that makes some tackles and a harder player. Um, how, how is the, the, the Chilean player? How, how would you describe the, that, that culture inherent to the, to the players? Um, I don't know if coach share about a player, but just about a kind of style of playing. In Chile, uh, really like the aggressive kind of playing because after Marcelo Bielsa, in like 2006, 2007, he changed the way 
that Chile play in selection teams. So after that, the people want to keep uh, looking that or watching that. And they don't want, like we saw before that, like a Chilean team so low in the space, trying to counterattack. No, they want in this moment some Chilean teams that go up in the field, that keep the ball, that are really aggressive to the another box. And that is the big idea what people want about the Chilean team. And with that kind of play, Chile uh, won their Copa Americas in 2015, 2060. They go to a Confederation Cup, in, to the final, to Germany. And so I think that idea keeps in the Chilean people and they would like to see our team winning, but always with some kind of idea in that way, in that aggressive way, in not so uh, passive like maybe it was before Marcelo Bielsa. Yes, it's, um, it's a really recent uh, change. Do, do you think it came to stay? I think, uh, yes, yeah, I think it's trying to stay because obviously the, the big generation of players of Chile In this moment, they are over 20, uh, 30 years, so they are going to, to going over in some moment. And after that, the new generations maybe they don't have the real names or the big names that that Alexis Sanchez, Arturo Vidal, Claudio Bravo, and whatever. So I hope with the new generations, uh, Chile can keep that idea of always being present, always being protagonist of the play and not coming back to some kind of style of playing that is maybe so passive or so, so defensive because I don't think Chile, Chilean people want to see that again. Yeah. Um... If I if I were to come to Chile as a coach, uh, what could be the three main advices that you would give me? Uh, good good question, it's a surprising <laughs> one. <laughs> Maybe the first one, obviously, uh, is trying to take some kind of uh, second training that know really, really good the context of when are you going to work because Chile is so large. So if you are in the north, it's really difficult, they're different as if you are in the south. So okay. you must know the real place where are you going to uh, make your, your coaches. Yeah, so the uh, first thing is I have to I have to get one good assistant coach that knows really well the zone of the country that we're gonna coach. Yeah, yeah, because as you as I say, it's really long Chile. So is are are different cultures in every single part, north, center, and south. Okay. Maybe the second one and trying to to make a culture 
advice or culture improve in the team so they can make this professional football better than as we used to uh, play it in South America. Maybe with some kind of European ideas make an improve in the culture of the club. I think that is a, a really a important thing we should try to emulate from Europe because you do it really good in that uh, professional style. In Chile, sometimes the culture gives the players mm, a different comportments that are not really good in professional in the professional play. Okay. And the last one? All right. Have, you, you well, want I, I, it, it's funny you didn't say you have to learn Spanish. Uh, I didn't say that because you speak really good Spanish, so you didn't didn't need that advice. Uh, and maybe every single one in Portugal speak really good Spanish. I think. Yes, but do, do you think that uh, um, one one coach that doesn't speak uh, at least for 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 the players to understand the coach? Do, do you think that, uh, that there's this need to 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 speak Spanish or? You can do it in English or in French or whatever other. No, no, you can. You must do it in Spanish because in Chile we don't speak really good English, as you can see with me. So the players maybe they didn't speak as good uh, so much English. So you must know Spanish if you want to work in in Chile. Maybe your assist can help you with that but okay. obviously if you can uh, make a a course of spanish after coming that would a uh, really good idea okay <laughs> so we are 10 seconds away from the 30 minutes interview if uh, i can well i have a, a really important last question if you don't mind um, how, how do you see um, or how do you feel or how, how are you feeling your experience in the in the professional master in tactical periodization? Well, um, I always want to study with you because as I say before, I was study tactical periodization many years, but in principle for books or for videos, and not the with the real source of the methodology, with the real ideas of the professor and the real um, professors or teachers that you have. So when this opportunity came in English, I didn't think twice. I tried to take this chance and make make my better effort to to learn as much as I can with you. I really recommend to everyone to take this master if they really want to understand the methodology because with books and videos, you are never going to be in the real ideas that tactical periodization express. So I am really happy to have this opportunity. I wanna keep 
doing my best to take all the knowledge that that you give us and i hope maybe this can keep in the future maybe with another master go deeper and maybe not uh, not stop to learn because every single year new information and new ideas are coming so we must keep every single time uh, as fresh as as i can thank you thank you uh, philip well um i think that's it i think that's it uh, i'm philip Murais, by the way <laughs> Uh, thank you, everyone else, for, for listening. Uh, this time with Philip Castillo, it was really a pleasure. Let me thank you again for accepting this invitation. And I really hope to see you in Portugal soon. And everyone else, I really hope that you enjoy this and hope to, 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 to see you in another episode of Tactical Appreciation Moments. Well, good night or good day, depending on where we are. And Philippe, thank you once again and uh, have a good night. Thank you, Philippe, for the invite. And as I say, this was a real honor to me. So I hope I can see you soon in Porto. And thank you, everyone who's listened to this interview. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.